This audio production is brought to you by TheBestDayEver.com, David Wolf's premium longevity member site. The content found on TheBestDayEver.com from David Wolf and New Horizon Health, Inc. is for informational purposes only and is in no way intended as medical advice, as a substitute for medical counseling, or as treatment cure for any disease or health condition, and nor should it be construed as such because that would be illegal. Always work with a qualified health professional before making any changes to your diet, supplement use, prescription drug use, lifestyle, or exercise activities. Please understand that you assume all risks from the use, non-use, or misuse of this information. Hello, everyone. My name is Rebecca Gauthier, and I'm here with Dr. Roy Bittman, who is the author of Brighton Baby, an extraordinary book on how to prepare the body to conceive a child and actual conception. Dr. Roy Dittman himself has dedicated his professional life to evolving an integral organic approach to prevent birth defects and optimize fetal brain development during the perinatal period, the most powerful time to impact human development. Dr. Dittman developed the Brighton Method to provide couples with practical solutions for realizing their goal of having an extraordinary child. As early as the late 1980s, Dr. Dittman forewarned health professionals and the public that our existing diet and lifestyle trends would lead to an exponential rise in autism, ADD, birth defects, and infertility. His Brighton Baby Book series is designated to coach couples on how to reverse these trends and conceive, birth, and raise extraordinary children organically. Thank you, Dr. Dittman, for being here with us today. Good day, Rebecca. Thank you for having me on your show. It's wonderful. I'm really excited about today. So let's dive right in and, and talk about your unbelievable book that I, I, I wish was a resource for when I was preparing for my pregnancy over a year and a half ago. And many of the protocols described in your book I actually followed based on other experts that I had access to at the time. But now it's just so wonderful to have everything in one place, everything. Like, this is like the preconception Bible, as far as I'm concerned. Yes, and it's the book number one. It's um, over a 1,000 pages, and uh, it is a revolutionary organic approach to having an extraordinary child. And uh, I wrote the book in such a way that it was a summary of my experience of being a perinatal specialist for over 30 years now. And having experience in the biotech, biopharma industry, natural products industry, and being a political activist for health freedom legislation nationally and statewide, and also being a clinician for that long as well, it's something that I have a real passion for because when I was very young, I witnessed the grotesque birth defects of uh, farm workers' children in Delano marching with Cesar Chavez many times with my father. He was a physics professor at the time at USC, and it really impacted me. I was very embarrassed. I remember still even to this day, it, it really is quite touching for me, and uh, it devastated me. I, I remember being in this dusty field and seeing these horrible dirt effects of these children in this great field and looking in this old wooden shack and seeing the children there looking out at me, and I was so embarrassed because... Tears are just rolling down my eyes. I didn't know why I was crying. I was just, I was only a 10-year-old boy, and I was afraid people were going to look at me, and I turned away and looked down, and I was just so, you know, shocked at what I was seeing. 
And my father said, you know, those children have birth defects because there's no care for them and they're picking these grapes and those pesticides get into their parents' skin and then they have these horrible birth defects. And I was just, I think at that point subconsciously I decided to to go into this area and to become a perinatal specialist because I, I realized that doctors didn't really know that much and I realized that authority figures and the government didn't weren't willing to do things and corporations weren't willing to do things. So you talk about how in Brighton Baby, the time to make the biggest impact on the health and intelligence of your future child is before he or she are even conceived. Can you share with our listeners some of mm-hmm. the most important things that women and men can do for their future babies? Yes. Well, when I when I first learned about 25 years ago that the you know the 80 percent of our character and our our brain is developed by the time we're born and 90% by the first year of life. I thought to myself, well, no wonder I, I'm so interested in this area because I was always interested in human potential, spiritually and physically and mentally and emotionally. And so I thought, if I want to positively impact human beings in the future, what more powerful way to do it than to focus on this critical area? which we now call perinatal, which means peri means upon or around, you know, birth. When when I look at this period too, um, the preconception area, I've been in this area for a long time, but it wasn't until recently that people started being interested in preconception preparation. I used to do lectures with just one person in the room. <laughs> it's not very much, it was much interest in those days. These days, almost every family has been affected, unfortunately and tragically, by some kind of birth defect. In fact, 54 out of 100 have. And so now I say to people, look, I really i am going to make a bold statement. The bold statement I would like to make is that I think I have figured out with other people that have been my great mentors uh, a way to really stop the autism epidemic, but it requires that we take full responsibility for our own health and it requires that we stop listening and believing in authority figures who don't really know what they're doing. So in order to do that, we must step back and look at what we can do now, preconception. And it, as it turns out, what we can do preconception is maybe a hundred thousand, you know, a hundred to a thousand or more times more powerful than what we do afterwards. Indeed, most of the damage from heavy metals, from pesticides, from toxins in the environment, from chemicals and personal care use products and on and on happens within the first three months of pregnancy when the embryological brain is first forming and where we think, okay, well, that's not so dangerous. You know, I'm doing okay and I I consume all these things. But if we look at the the embryological brain or the fetal brain, um, that, that area is very distinct and it's a completely different world where the toxicity that we're experiencing is can be a thousand times more damaging to that baby. So that's why we stress preconception. And what's great about this method is we have complete control over the destiny of our future child. And I say, I say to parents, especially the fathers, because a lot of fathers don't realize their impact here. It, during the preconception, you know, period, it's really all about the father more than, more than the mother. And the reason why is because that's when the genetic blueprint is set at that conception. So if you can, the good news is you can perfect 
your mineral balance and your ratios and your enzymes and your probiotics and eliminate these toxins from both of your bodies very effectively. And there's a science to this. I call it the physiology of success. And you're pretty much guaranteeing not only the health of your baby, but its future intelligence, its ontological potential, which is a fancy word for saying it's human potential, really. And so, yes, this is very, very important. I can't overemphasize, Rebecca, the importance of preconception preparation as well. As well. Now, you mentioned that the perinatal period of life is the period around two years prior to conception. So are you suggesting and encouraging people to prepare for that length of time? Well, the perinatal period ideally uh, includes as much as two years before conception, the prenatal period, the pregnancy, and uh, up to the first three years of life is the official, you know, you know, definition of perinatal. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, what I'm emphasizing is the is the preconception period because that's that's when you can accomplish so much. These days we can do things a lot faster than we did, say, 20 years ago because of better technologies, improved uh, food-based uh, vitamins and minerals and bioceuticals and other things that balance our hormones and get us prepared faster. So most people don't need two years, although if you can uh, plan that far ahead, I definitely recommend it because not only can you get rid of all the toxins in your body, but you can also optimize your hormones and everything and perfect it in that period. And we often think today that, um, you know, we're pretty well off. This is a common misconception. I see a lot of my friends are, you know, they're vegetarians and they, they're really eco-conscious. They eat perfect raw foods and macrobiotic and they're really conscientious about what they do. They do yoga and meditation and then they have a child with a birth defect. And I see them, and, it, and I've seen this so many times in my life because uh, being a monk for 10 years, I treated people from all the major spiritual communities and cultures. And what I saw tragically was that they mistakenly believed that because they had a perfect diet that, and they did all these things, pure water, and they didn't use toxins, they didn't have a lot of sugar in their diet, that they were going to have a healthy child. But see, today's world is now composed of generational accumulation of toxins. For instance, you have pesticides which accumulate in the sperm-producing cells in, in men and they accumulate in the ovaries of women. So we have no idea what happened since World War II just in that one domain alone. And many other toxins accumulate generationally so it's not really our fault even though we're eating perfect food and even though we seem to be doing everything right then why is it that all these things happen are happening 21 years ago my child was born my oldest boy was born and he he was diagnosed with autism spectrum disorder uh, and I t- detected it early and uh, very early as soon as he was born actually and I knew what to do about it and studied it. Hence, I learned a lot. But I also believe that I had uh, a perfect diet and I was going to have this amazingly healthy baby. And, you know, it, it's interesting because I had to look at my blind spots. And, and my blind spot at that time was heavy metals. And so 
what since then I've learned so much about this area. For instance, if you look at, uh, say, aluminum and you combine it with fluoride, or say, lead and uh, you know um, something like aluminum or lead and mercury, these things you can do an LD1 test. And that is where there's a lethal dose of, say, where out of 100 rats, one rat dies. Uh, give them a, 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 an amount of mercury and lead, and you see what happens, and one dies. And then you do that same thing with the other element. And you combine these two heavy metals, and you would think that scientists would think, okay, two will die if we give the same dosage again, but two different heavy metals, mercury and lead. But what they find is that 100% of the rats die when they give the same LD1 dose of both heavy metals. That's what we call the compounded effect. So in today's world, we're not lab mice, and we don't live in sterile environments. Today, the average woman has over 232, 232 toxic chemicals alone in her placental cord blood. That means it's also in her breast milk. How these things combine with heavy metals, with pesticides, with with personal care use products, with all kinds of other toxins. Ionizing radiation is a big one these days. We don't have any idea how these all combine. So what we want to do is is remove these toxins from our body uh, before we conceive. That's what I'm saying in the book. And and I see this again and again where people think, oh, I'm healthy. But we can't go by our old traditions, our old ways of looking at and assessing male and female health because I've seen these, you know, very strong, healthy bodybuilding men. They're very athletic. They're like, they're very bright. They've gone to the best colleges and you test their sperm and they have zero sperm. Why is that? Because they just don't know that they're carrying around a load of pesticides, you know, and so, you know, or other things. And so it's, it's kind of a big blind spot that we all need to look at and, you know, I, I see this again and again. Most people don't see it. That's why I put some of this in a book. You know, test yourself and see where you're really at. Get a good metric of where you're at, and then you'll know precisely what to do and what not to do. Could you talk a little bit about what tests to get so that people can have an appropriate baseline to make decisions, like with respect to hormones and then toxicity and so forth? Because I, I believe, I'm a believer in a baseline as well. I, I did that before. You know, I got pregnant. I also got all the mercury out of my teeth and did heavy metal detox and many of these things because I was aware, and some of our listeners may not be aware, of what test to get. So if you could speak to that a little bit, that would be great. I would say the most economical test to take is a tissue mineral analysis. It's a, it's like a biopsy, but it's just your hair, and you just collect it from mostly the back of the head, and it's... It's inexpensive for what it, what you get out of it. You get a full report. It tells you about your heavy metal exposure. It tells you about your metabolic profile. If you're parasympathetic or sympathetic dominant, it tells you about the condition or tendencies you have endocrine wise. So you can start balancing your hormones. And then it tells you about, you know, what kind of levels you have of each element out of very significant elements and the ratios between those elements. So you get a whole report about what kind of food you should be eating, what you shouldn't, and you also get a report about what kind of supplements you should take and definitely which ones you should not be taking. So it's very 
individualized to your physiology, to your type, to your metabolic type. There's other tests like Metametrics has a great test for, you know, organophosphate, uh, organophosphate types of chemicals, you know, uh, exposure. Uh, it's a general test. There's, uh, for people who have had mercury fillings, it's the APOE, uh, two gene, uh, test to see if, um, I think DNA Labs does that one to see where, uh, if you can eliminate mercury. If you don't, if that's damaged or deleted, and many times these days people have deleted APOE genes because we've been putting mercury amalgams in teeth for, you know, almost 200 years now. So, uh, you know, these, and a lot of people aren't aware that in 1975 we added copper to the mercury. Copper and mercury together are like lead and lead and mercury. It's very dangerous. Um, and, you know, the copper toxicity in women today is very high. So you can find out, uh, if you're one of those women that has really high copper, uh, and we could talk, you know, for days about this one subject, but, in a, in a sound bite, you know, copper toxicity in women has gone from less than 5% in the 60s to over 80% today. And uh, when you have excess copper that's floating around, not bound to other peptides or molecules or hormones or metalloenzymes, what happens is it becomes, it can be very toxic when you're under stress. And if you have an adrenal insufficiency, it can it can become worsened as well. So... We kind of look at, that's where we look at your adrenal profile. Um, there's other tests that can be done. Of course, a good blood chemistry panel is great. A hormonal panel is really recommended as well. You can see where your hormonal levels are at. And uh, then once you know these things, you have a lot of great information and knowledge that you can apply practically in your life. Thank you very much. I think that's quite helpful. Dr. Joseph Mercola, who, of course, you know quite well. You've written articles for him and been interviewed by him, who really emphasized how important that is to me personally. After one of the events, he he, he said, you look a little run down. You should you yeah. know, get some blood work done to see what's going on. And I told him I hated getting my blood drawn. And, and he said, Rebecca, you have to get a baseline so you know what to do. You know where you're at. You know what to do and how to improve your health. And he actually got one done for me. He said, I'm going to take care of it. All you have to do is go do it. And that's when I really realized how important it was and how valuable that information is. So, you know, just overcoming the apprehension of getting blood drawn because it's just like it's a small price to pay for the wealth of information you receive where you can really make informed decisions about what to do to take your health to the next level. Exactly. And and Rebecca... I'm glad you mentioned that, too, with blood tests, because one of the metrics I like to look at preconception is, um, and during pregnancy, is albumin, albumin to globulin ratios, because albumin does over 100 critical functions, and it's like 66,000 molecular weight. It's a huge protein, and it really is like the taxi cab of our circulation, circulatory system. It, 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 uh, it transports waste from our cells and it transports nutrients back to the cells. And if that is uh, very low in our blood and if infection is high, then you're going to have a much higher chance of having a child with autism, schizophrenia, or bipolar disorders. When you really look at it, um, some of these studies are done. They don't, they don't control for infection and inflammation. And as it turns out, a lot of these things are secondary or tertiary 
effects of things like vaccines or uh, maternal or paternal infection has been very clearly linked in science today. A great book by Patterson uh, from USC Keck School of Medicine about this, actually. It's quite confirmed now that there is a correlation. And so there's practical things I show in Brighton Baby, and there's other things we do on the clinical side to reduce infection on both the mother and father side. And indeed, on the father side, as much as 33 to 43% of miscarriages and birth defects are related to the sperm, actually. So that's why I say, you know, in animal husbandry, we see it's very clear that the bull is more important in, in the animal husbandry area, and the same with horses and really all animals. I used to work with this holistic uh, veterinarian named Dr. Roger Valentine, who's also started out as a veterinary scientist. And he's very bright, and he taught me some amazing things. I love working with vets because they're working with, you know, with beings that have to be healthy, and whereas doctors today, is not, they're not trained the same way. And they just know these really practical gems of wisdom, and I've learned so much from vets uh, in that way. Speaking of the critical role men play in conception, can you discuss your theory of sperm intelligence? and the positive impact of preconception prep on the intelligence of a parent's future child? Yeah, this is a fun area. Well, you know, we, well, if we ask ourselves the question is, what makes an intelligent child, you know? And there's a lot of different answers to that. Um, but what science I, I, I present as an assertion in the book, although I'm just open to intelligent discussion about this, um, is... You know, what is it, what are the ingredients which make up an intelligent baby? Because everybody wants a smart baby. Let's face it, everyone wants a baby that's going to be strong and is going to be happy and is going to be able to go through college without struggling. And so, you know, when you look at that, some, certain things correlate very clearly. One is what I just mentioned, albumin. Albumin clearly in all zoological species and all animal species correlates the higher it is in the blood, in concentration, the higher the intelligence. Dolphins and humans by far have the highest albumin. And then you look at the AG ratio in the in the blood as a metric, as you were talking about before, with getting a blood metric. And then the next thing I would say is liver health. Liver, I really focused on the liver, on preconception, on both mother and father, because during pregnancy, the most important um, factor for influencing IQ metabolically, physiologically, is the liver by its production of a molecule called IGF-2 mannose 6-phosphate. IGF means insulin-like growth factor. Now, this hormone is critical for the baby's brain development. That along with growth hormone and IGF-1, insulin-like growth factor 1, are critical. In studies that were done consistently all over the world, when the growth hormone level was high, and when the IGF-2 was high, these children were all genius-level children. So I don't do anything complex. I don't try to manipulate the gene to produce IGF-2 and all that. I, I come from the biotech, you know, area as well. I've run three prominent biotech biopharma companies in my career, but I don't really believe ethically in manipulating our genes. I think that's a dangerous road to go down. And I don't believe in it morally or ethically. So I try to always figure out a natural way to do it. And what I do 
to get those levels very high is to detox the liver very effectively using very profound and unique formulations, herbal, bioceutical, and uh, other nutrients. And then also balancing the liver, very important to balance the liver. And then also critical factor is to regenerate and strengthen, tonify the liver. So once you do this, not only do women never have morning sickness that are on my on my program, in 30 years, my patients never have morning sickness. Why? Because morning sickness is from a toxic liver. And if you notice, almost all children are born either jaundiced or with liver congestion in some form. And that's why they get things like colic. And that's why they have a lot of crying. Because if a baby is sick, it's not going to be a happy baby. And so going back to that metric again, those two things are very important. And it's very easy to do these things if you just know what to do. And that's one of the reasons why I bought, bought the book. Because when I look at children with birth defects, I mostly just think from my experience, from where I'm looking at only, in a non-judgmental way, I'm thinking that's a, that's a tragedy that did not have to happen. We have to get the word out to more people. So I really encourage people, and I'm so thankful that you and David are getting the word out to so many today, Rebecca, because the more we can share ourselves with others through, through love, not through judgmentalism, with our family, with our friends, with our coworkers about how to avoid autism, we can really make a significant dent in bringing down uh, birth defects in children and autism spectrum disorders. Uh, I just heard a statistic that now it's 1 in 38 boys, and this is rapidly growing. I mean, when we printed the book, it was 1 in 54, just from the time that, you know, in the last six to nine months. And those are old statistics. Remember, they're not diagnosing these children until five or six years old. Oh, my God. Well, in your book, you predict that by the year 2040, 1 in 10. I, I didn't want to panic people or seem too alarmist as sometimes I am accused of being. But in fact, it's always been just the opposite. What I was talking about 20 years ago um, is, uh, you know, if I knew it was going to be anything like we're seeing today, I, I would be horrified. Uh, you know, we see that this is, unless we do something drastically, we are not going to have much of a future in this country. You're going to see one in four children in this in this in this country, walking around with some kind of serious birth defect or autism spectrum disorder, it may, I, 2040 is a is a long way away. I would say, realistically, it could be um, you know 10 to 15 years away. So, if, say someone is born with this birth defect, or you know is diagnosed with Asperger's or something like your son was, uh, what are some things that can be done to improve? those types of situations? Well, one of the things I like to tell parents is be prepared if you find something like this out. I have many parents call me from all over the world sometimes and they say, oh my God, my child's in a coma. Uh, I say, what happened? Because they're usually distraught and that's the best thing to ask somebody, what happened? So they can go back to an existence conversation and get out of the panic and emotion. They say, oh, I just, my baby just had a vaccination and you know, and, and he had high fever, so they gave him antibiotics, and then we didn't know what to do. And the doc, I went to another doctor, and they gave him, you know, acetaminophen or ibuprofen or aspirin, right? And I said, oh, well, that's the trifecta for autism. What's going on? Oh, he's in a coma. He's not eating for five days or something like this. I said, okay, the first thing you have to do, you know, take a deep breath, relax, 
get some isotonic, get some uh, at least one to two vials a day into your baby, and then give them this high high dosage, super strain human probiotics, very high dosage, over a trillion, I usually get, recommend at a time. And then there may be other things that we need to do, but immediately that's the first thing I tell them to do. The isotonic, the ketone. Yeah, the isotonic, uh, the, the uh, quintessential, the 0.9. That, that usually does it. That usually brings them out. And indeed, you know, Rene Quintone did his initial research. This has been around. This is clinical knowledge for 115 years, right? And that's why I respect this product and the company in Spain. I've been there seven times to meet the doctors there who have been working with it uh, scientifically that long and clinically. Um, what was exciting that I learned is that he has over 10,000 cases where he would take the worst birth history parents he could find. With They had, you know, eight or more children with grotesque deformities and, you know, mental retardation, or, you know, stunted growth, uh, scoliosis, all kinds of birth defects. And then he would give them the, the ketone marine plasma and uh, they would... Um, be born perfectly healthy after that. Again and again, he showed that if, if he just gave this one thing, these children were not only perfect, but they were like extraordinarily healthy. And so there's the, the reason why I focus on this product is not because I ran that company for three years at one point, but because I learned a lot. And one of the things I learned was it's probably the most amazing tool to be used in the perinatal period. It really is from, as we, we discussed before, Rebecca, what an amazing thing it is for, for morning sickness and, and also what it, how it balances out the liver. Rene Canton says its first action is on the liver and also on the kidneys. It increases renal output by about 11%. I've seen people that were ready to go on dialysis who didn't need to after taking just the isotonic 0.9 quintessential. I've seen, you know, witness this. And I've mentored with people who've been using it clinically for 30 years. So I've seen children come in with asthma and, and, and Dr. Prost's clinic in Barcelona, Spain, coming out, you know, wow, just gone. You know, they don't have asthma anymore. And, and indeed, for cystic fibrosis, the number one drug, so to speak, by is acknowledged by the medical community for cystic fibrosis, which is where, when your lungs fill up, you know, with mucus all the time, the, the lungs can't expel this. And... These children usually don't live beyond 18 years old, ever, rarely, um, is the seawater. They, they acknowledge that, uh, you know, breathing in seawater that's nebulized is the best thing they've come up with so far. So there's these amazing, there's amazing effects. It's so simple and it's so elegant. But what I think is really happening there is I think that there's an epigenetic adaptation that, or the language of the cells, you might say, that are cells understand this language because for four and a half billion years or at least three and a half billion depending on who you talk to of the evolutionary biologist world we have been adapting with the microbes and the elements in the sea that is identical to our internal ocean in our blood actually our blood evolved from seawater that's physiology 101 in any medical or physiological text so much so that it was used in blood experiments in the early 1900s where Rene Canton, and this has been pre reproduced at over eight universities in front of the world's greatest scientists and medical 
you know, doctors and surgeons. Well, he took a dog and he said, I'm going to prove to you that the precursor to our blood is this seawater because our blood evolved from seawater. And he took the blood out of this dog. 95% of the blood was taken out. And then he put the marine plasma back in the dog, IV. And then people were aghast because, oh, my God, he just killed that dog. And then the dog got up on its feet. And Rene Cantone took this dog. He dog lived a happy life another six and a half years. And this was repeated again in front of the world in this arena, like the surgical arena with you know, over, you know, hundreds of doctors witnessing this. This is a great example and why the French army and many other armies on the earth use ketone marine plasma as their blood plasma, actually. They use that on the field. And I didn't really understand that until I interviewed Dr. Jose Marie Stelling, a woman who ran the Hematology Institute of Switzerland for over 30 years and has studied it under a microscope for 30 years. And she said, off the record, Roy, I want to tell you something. Stop the cameras. I'm going to tell something to you. He, she said, I don't know why anybody would use in the Olympics. She said, I know you're an Olympic team doctor many times. You know, these other drugs, When they, this is the perfect blood elixir. She said, I, I know what it does in the blood. I said, well, tell me how, off the record, what does it do? She said, I don't want this going out to anybody right now because I don't want to get in trouble. But what it, I know it does, she says, is it is a precursor for red blood cell production and it modulates white blood cell production. And that, she says, do you understand how profound that is, that statement, what I just said? I said, are you saying then, let me understand this, are you saying that this is what actually is a precursor to producing, it stimulates the production of new red blood cells? She said, you tell me, what do you think the dog experiment was about? And I'm like, oh, now I get it. But he said, she said, you know, Rene Cantone didn't know all this then. He knew this some other way. But because we didn't have the kind of science then in those days. But she knew it because she saw it happen. She says, you put that in the blood, the blood produces its own red blood cells. And I said, well, what is it? It's in there. It's not just minerals because minerals don't do this. She said, exactly, exactement. She said, exactly because there's biological material. I said, well, what? Just microenzymes, micro, microenzymes. There's synergists, there's cofactors, there's other kinds of epigenetic materials. And I said, does it have something to do with the, like the, the genes of all living things that have ever existed on our planet are in the ocean, aren't they? She says, yes, exactly. The genes are all there. So there's a living intelligence in this water so that when it contacts your cells, your cells recognize that language that's in the seawater and it adapts. Your immune system adapts and, and you're able then to actually have an intelligent cellular communication. And I'm like, whoa. I remember I had, I had to take a, it was in Cancun and I, I had to take a, lot, a walk on the beach and just kind of like be in nature next to the ocean and just, just kind of just absorb what you just told me. But it was, it was one of those moments in your life you just say, Oh my God, my life just changed. <laughs> this is like God's grace. It was one of those amazing miracles, you know. This program was brought to you by thebestdayever.com. Thanks for listening.